the zip codes, the 28,000 zip codes. Do you know, I just called Ballaston the other day because I've been saying that we've, we've got churches in, in, uh, in 10,000 zip codes. We've got churches in over 10,000 zip codes, 10,500 zip codes now. Woo! When they first told me that, I thought, ooh, that's a nice idea. But that's for real, guys, and you've been part of that. Kerala's where the main uh, college and seminary is. That's the main building there. That's the chapel area. And that's the whole campus. This is up in Punjab. This is up north. This is the Sikh country. That's the college there. And this is a slum school. We've got several slum schools. The, 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 <coughs> the folks in the slum schools, uh, they, they don't get any, uh, the Dalits. You know the word Dalits? We used to call them untouchables, which I don't think was very nice, but they call themselves Dalits. There's over 300 million of them, and they won't get any education unless somebody other than the government brings them up to the third or fourth grade level. We've put thousands of kids through these kids, these schools, and they're just sharp as tacks, man. They're just wonderful. We're going to be building a new school there for them. We were meeting above the dairy barn in this particular pla in this particular school, but uh, we're going to be building a new school there. So pray for that. West Bengal. Uh, uh, this is Darjeeling, the tea country. This is the new building that just got dedicated. This is the front side of it on the street level, and this is the, the downhill side. There's a wonderful chance for them. The reason we need buildings is when we, when we have rented buildings and the Hindus get pressured from other Hindus, even if they like us, uh, they get pressured from other Hindus and they kick us out. Up in Punjab, they moved uh, seven times in eight years. And when they were in, in and, and here it's been, they were in three buildings, three different buildings. Now they've got this dedicated. Over in Mizoram, a wonderful college there. Uh, people coming from Burma, Bangladesh, and giving their lives. They're laying their lives on the line to come, even to go to, go to, go to school there. But there was, uh, uh, before, in the other building, we had 40, well, we had 90 students, but 42 girls in a dorm and two bathrooms. <laughs> That's fun. And they had to go down the hill about a half a mile to get a bucket of water every day. But now we've got a new building there uh, they're working on, so we're praising God for it. And, and then Orissa, we've got land purchased there, and we want to build a, a building there. And uh, when they get bicycles, that's like getting a, a car here. They're just blessed. School for girls, and we have schools for teaching the women how to sew. And I think I told you before, but one of the gals that, that got saved when she was learning how to sew, she's won three villages to Christ by herself. Just a real evangelist. Praise for the sick. They get healed. It's just amazing. And now she's going to seminary down in Kerala. But all, all these... We, <clears throat> we've, sent, we've graduated over 200 students this year going out in, into the work. So God is just blessing, and we're planting 
over 120 churches a year. Some years more than that, up to 150 churches. Woo! Do you know any mission work that's doing that much? You're supporting that, and we praise God for you, folks. Just a little prayer reminder. You can pick up uh, the literature out at the table, and please stop by. You can support an evangelist. I think $150 a month would support an evangelist. Support students. When students come out of the Muslim or Hindu background, they, when they get converted, their families just cut them off. And the rest of the world does too, so they have no income. So we support them through school. And here's the little guys in, in school, in many schools we've got. So that just gives you a quick resume of what's going on. But please stop by the table. Uh, we've got a, a, a little card that you can fill out uh, if you'd like to pray for a zip code. Pray that God would plant a church in the zip code. That's our goal. Plant them in every zip code. That way we'll be spread out throughout all of India. So if you'd like to pray for that, just get one of these cards, check on it, and they'll send you uh, from the office in California, they'll send you uh, a number and a place where it is. And that's work, folks, praying for a number. It's a place you don't know, but you can do it. The Spirit of God will get with you, and you can pray, and God will, will see, you, see you through. So, thank you for what you do for India Gospel Outreach. Amen? Just get happy in your heart with what God's doing. You know, we studied in Sunday school this morning that the church is blessed by that which every joint supplies, everybody. And you're part of it. You say, well, I don't give much. Well, you give. Thank you. Thank you. I was praying about what the Lord would have me share. And I'm getting old now. I've been around a while, and, and I've watched the church of God and been in many places and and <clears throat> this thing burdens me all the time. I find people saying, well, I used to have joy like that when I was first saved. You know, How can you be so joyful? Well, it's easy, folks. I want to share with us the Word of God this morning. You know what the Bible said in, in, in Philippians chapter 3 in the first verse there? Finally, brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same thing to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, Paul said, and for you it's safe. It's safe to hear rejoice in the Lord. And get that, rejoice in the Lord. Not rejoice because you got a new sofa. Not rejoice because you got a new piece of carpet. You know, not rejoice because you got a new car, the best in the world. They're fun. Those things are good. But rejoice in the Lord, and, 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 and how do we do it? God, it's amazing. Uh, Jesus said that these things I have spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and your joy be full. Is that the Word of God? It's the Word of God, people. It's the Word of God. And... Romans says, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what being a Christian is about, 
righteousness, peace, and joy. Any one of those legs are missing, you've got trouble. Amen? Your stool's going to fall down. Glory to God. Listen, the Word says many things. James says this, Brethren, count it all joy when you fall into temptation. Yeah, that's what he said. And he reasons it out. We won't go into that, but think about that. And, and he said, uh, rejoice when you're persecuted. In fact, listen to this. In Luke uh, chapter 6, it says this. Blessed, blessed verse, six, uh, verse 22. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you and when they shall separate from you their company and shall reproach you and cast your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice ye in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. When they really get on your case, when they hate you, start jumping. Leap for joy. Oh, that's too much? No. Rejoicing has action with it, you know. There's joy, but rejoicing has action. It either speaks or it jumps or it dances or it does something. Have you got joy? Are you rejoicing? Doesn't hurt to shout a little, folks. God is good. That praise and worship this morning, victory. We're set free. Hallelujah. Things are good. And he goes on to uh, talking about rejoicing when you've got church troubles. Remember that in Philippians? <laughs> Listen, I entreat you, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also and with the other fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. He says, rejoice in the Lord. And again I say rejoice in the midst of church trouble. Yeah. I want to tell you, if you don't pray rejoicing, you're not getting through. Do you hear me? If you don't pray rejoicing, you're not getting through. We're just complaining. And God's had enough of complaining. He said, quit it. So it's, it's interesting. And then <laughs> he says, the disciples came back. You know the scripture. The disciples came back. They'd been casting out demons and people had been healed and all that kind of stuff. And they were just bouncing. And Jesus said to them, don't rejoice in that. What? How can you help rejoice when people are healed of cancer? He said, rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's rejoicing in the Lord. And folks, I'm sorry to tell you, as I travel around, and you probably have seen it too, uh, how, how we miss it. We're such a droopy bunch, the church in America. We've missed it. I want to tell you, it isn't vital in our lives. And I don't want you to go away from here get, feeling like a downer. I want you to get a hold of this word, these promises of God, to realize that we're on the way up and we're on top of it because of God, because of the promises of God. And it doesn't matter what's happening in our life. It, it, it's, and, and how do we rejoice in the Lord always? Oh, I got the flu. Well, hallelujah, I'm not dead. You know, I haven't got cancer. We can, but we can rejoice in those things. But rejoice in the Lord. 
So we have to see what God, and, and I just pray. <clears throat> when I was in Bible school, which is ages ago, but when I was in Bible school, a man came and shared with us, a pastor came one day, and he said this, when you read the Word of God, read what you read and not what you know. And then bring your experience up to the Word of God. Don't bring the Word of God down to your experience. Now, if that doesn't make sense to you, hang with me here. We're going to read you some scriptures and, and, and see what it says. Uh, I'm afraid the church in America, not everybody, you know, I'm not, this isn't blanket, but we've forgotten what God has done for us. We don't know who we are in the kingdom. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, in the kingdom. So, listen, do you know what, let me, let me go back. Uh, this, this strikes me. In, uh, do you know about the birth of Christ? Everybody knows about the birth of Christ, right? How the angel came to Mary and said, uh, you're going to have a baby. And Mary says, how is this going to happen? And he said, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you, and that which is born of you is going to be the Son of God. And sure enough, shepherds are out in the field dividing, and the angels come from heaven again. And they're rejoicing because there's a baby born over in Bethlehem. God sent, and one of the Psalms says, all the angels of God worshiped him. All the angels came. I don't know if they all got down there, but it sounded to me like they did. And they come to earth to rejoice over the birth of Jesus Christ. What's that got to do with us? Listen, when, when, when God spoke to you, it was the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that came to Mary. Woo! The same Holy Spirit that moved upon the waters in creation. The same Holy Spirit that did a lot of those great things in the Old Testament came to you personally. Do you believe that? Folks, that's rejoicing in the Lord when you realize that that really is true, that the God of heaven, the God of creation, His Spirit came and spoke to me. I didn't know that when I got saved. I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit. I was so blah, but I got it. Woo! I got joy and I got peace. Did you? Everybody I've seen come to the Lord got joy until the church got them fouled up. <laughs> I don't. Churches are good. We need the church. The church has been good all along, folks. Don't down the church. The church has been preaching the word. That's how we got saved. Because, you know, so excuse me for that. But, but, but God, listen, in, in John's gospel, he said, to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And then it says, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Born of God. This is a big thing, folks. We can rejoice in the Lord because we're born of God. 
I'm sick of hearing people say, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You are not a sinner. You know, remember Peter down in Joppa there? When God rebuked him, he said, what God has cleansed, don't you call common. Don't you belittle what God has done in your life, people. If you are born of the Spirit of God, that's the Spirit of God. Do we get it? Do we get it, folks? Born of God. He changed us. He took our old sinful nature out and he put his nature in. You've been partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Do you believe that? Why hasn't it happened to you? Because you didn't believe it. That's why it hasn't happened to you. If it hasn't, but it can, it can. This stuff is real, folks. When God comes in, it's the life of God. Colossians says, who delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Translated out of the kingdom of darkness. Running a test, how many of you knew you were a son of, or a daughter of the devil before you were saved? A couple of you. Boy, that was a shock to me when I got into the word. I didn't realize that what was wrong with me. I was drinking and carousing and womanizing and, you know, I was, I was just a young teenager, but just messed up. And my mother would just cry. She'd say, Curtis, why do you do it? And I would cry. I'd say, I don't know why I do it. And nobody told me it was the devil. It wouldn't have mattered, I suppose. I was so stupid. But when Jesus Christ came into my life, he translated me out of where I didn't even know I was. But I was doing, you know, Jesus said, the love to your father you'll do. That's why sinners sin. You can just expect them to sin. But God doesn't expect Christians to sin. I want to tell you that. John, 1 John says, These things I write unto you that you sin not. If you do, there is a catch. But don't do it. That's what he's saying. Wonderful to be translated out of the kingdom of darkness. And, and all, I'm, all these verses, I know you're, you know all of them I'm sharing with you, but I want you to get a grip on them and really realize that this is real. This is what God did to me. This is what happened in my life when I accepted Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have, old things have, old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Wow. Can you rejoice in that? Can you rejoice in that when you got the flu? Can you rejoice in that when your kids go wrong? Folks, this is, this is important. We need, uh, Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Folks, you get down in the mully grubs, you haven't got any strength. You're just a wimp. And the devil can run you around. 
But if you have the joy of the Lord and, and always going back to what God has done in you, what God has done for you, what God has made you, a child of the living God. Really? Not just poor me, but I'm a child of God. Woo! If that doesn't want you, want you to shout hallelujah in your heart, and even out loud, wouldn't hurt. God has done a great thing. He's made us to sit together in heavenly places. I'm thinking, you know, when the angels came down and worshiped when Jesus was born, you know what happened when you got saved? They rejoiced in heaven. When your name got written in the Lamb's Book of Life, they got excited in heaven, and they had a rejoicing session because you got saved. Can you imagine you're in that important? You are. It's hard for us to believe, folks, but that's the real truth of the Word of God. And if you get it and meditate on it and let God work in your spirit, your spirit will always be bounding in the Lord. It'll happen. People say, I don't know how you can be happy. I say, I can't help it. I can't help it. When, and, and, and it comes from meditating on these simple, wonderful truths of God's Word. And he's called... And I, oh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 says this, For God who commanded light to shine of darkness has shined in our hearts. You know, when God created, he said, let there be light. Woo! There was light. And God who did that commanded light to be shined in your heart to give light. Knowledge of the, uh, to get, uh, let me read it here so I can get filled up. Has shined in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And after that, I won't go into it, but after that, Paul tells about all his troubles. But that's how he could go through all those troubles. He had this treasure in earthen vessels. When he was in jail that night, you know, when he was singing in jail, they weren't singing, they were singing Hallelujah. They were singing glory to God. And God got so excited, he shook the whole thing. And, you know, it's a wonderful story. But, but God shined in your heart. Do you know all that happened? I, I didn't know this for a long time after I saved. But God, when he shined in my heart that night, he gave me repentance. I'd been sorry a lot of times, but I'd never been sorry to God. I'd been sorry because I was sick. I was sorry because I was broke. Sorry because people were mad at me. But when God shined his light in my heart and in your heart, he gave you repentance and he gave you faith. Isn't it amazing that somebody that had been as self-centered as I was and, and, and miserable and, and violating many things, that God would give me faith to believe that Jesus would forgive me? I never questioned it. And now I realize because God shined in my heart and gave me the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And he gave me repentance and he gave me faith. And I walked out of there a changed man. One of the young guys that I went to that meeting with that night got back in the car and he said, have a cigarette. I said, no, I'm quitting. He said, man, you are serious about this, aren't you? I don't know. God just moved in my heart. I went down the next day uh, going to work, and I went into the grocery store, and I didn't know this guy, 
But he said, I heard something great happen to you last, and I can see it all over your face. God did that. This is, this is God, and he did that all for you. Some of you, now my wife, my wife was raised in a Christian home, loved the church, loved prayer meeting, loved all that. But when she came to Christ and trusted Christ at a Bible camp, the joy of the Lord for her, but it's the same for her. You guys that were raised in church, you think you know it all. I mean, I don't mean that badly, but it's just natural. You think you know it because you've heard it and heard it and heard it. But it's divine revelation, folks. It's the knowledge of Christ. It's Christ coming into our heart and showing us and giving us repentance and giving us faith. It's the same for you as for all us messed up guys. You know, it's wonderful. And you can, uh, one of my friends that I got friends with after I come to Christ, in fact, he'd prayed for me before I was saved, but one day he said to me, Curtis, you're so lucky you've got a testimony. I said, man, I could swap you. You don't have all the garbage to go through that I've got to go through. You've been walked with God. Your parents kept you. You've lived holy a life. You know, folks, if you, you've got a testimony. The life of Christ has come into you. You don't have to be a wretch to be joyful. Whew, hallelujah. And, and Romans 6 brings, here's where I got peace with God. I don't know how, how long do you keep on here? Is it okay? <laughs> I tell you, Romans 6 set me free. I got saved. I had the wonderful experience, had the joy of the Lord. But the church uh, that I was going to taught that you had two natures and that you just had to fight this thing all the time. And uh, so I believed it. You know, that's what they said. And I went to Bible school, and I can remember the day Pastor Stein was teaching on the sixth chapter of the book of Romans. And, and, and I know now it was the Holy Spirit at work. But he was coming down there, and he said, the old man is crucified. Ooh, I was getting excited. And then he said, but he hangs there on the cross, and he wiggles, and he just deflated me. That's what I was going through. He was hanging on the cross, wiggling. You know, temptation, and I didn't know how to handle it. But listen, God said, let, let me read this to you. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried by, uh, with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Isn't it? Ooh, I love it. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. That's just a fact. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Folks, I, was, I didn't want to sin. After I was saved, I was doing everything. But I was tempted. And when I would get tempted, because they said I still had this evil heart, you know, you've heard it, your heart is desperately wicked, who can know it, you know? That's the heart you used to have. When you get born again, even way back in Ezekiel, he said, I give you a new spirit, a new heart. Woo! But here's what I did. 
I, I, I would be tempted, you know, how the devil can put personal pronouns on all his temptation. You know, we make you think it's you. But God says we're washed. We're washed. You know, he li- <laughs> over in Corinthians there, he talks about all those evil people. And he said, and such were some of you. But you are washed. You are justified. You are sanctified. That's the word of God, people. And that's rejoicing in the Lord, what God has done. And if we'll rejoice in the Lord, God will keep us strong and, and we'll be at it. Uh, over in Colossians, there's such a neat, neat word there. Well, uh, he says in Colossians 2.11, In whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in the putting off the body of sins of the flesh. Without hands. God just did this so sweet. Circumcision, you know, and the Jewish thing was kind of bloody. <laughs> but God did sense of need. When you receive Christ, he took, without hands, he took the body of sin out of us and he put his spirit in us. <laughs> it's just good, folks. You think I'm a little silly, but it's that good. You can be silly. You can bounce and folks, if you're not bouncing, you haven't got it. You haven't grabbed it. When you, when you get, ah, when I saw this, that my old man was dead, and that all this temptation was coming from without, it was like a fresh breeze in my heart. Wow. Well, that's what Ephesians says. You can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Amen? Ephesians 6.16. You can quench all the fiery darts. Take the shield of faith. And the devil, you know, just hits the shield and falls down. Any fiery darts coming your way? Yeah, they'll come. One day I was driving down the street in Anchorage, Alaska, and this thought came into my mind. Turn into that cement post and kill yourself. I said, where in the world did that thought go? But, I mean, the devil really, it made it so clear that these thoughts come from hell. I mean, it was nothing to, I just laughed at it, but I thought about it. If that had been earlier in my life, if that had been something where my weakness was as far as lust or whatnot, I would have got digging inside to see what was wrong. Don't dig. Just get rid of them. Believe God. Cut off every fiery dart that comes, and, and God will bless. Do you, see, do you see what we're doing? Jesus has said, uh, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Are you free? Or are we yabats? You know, yabat. My old pastor used to say, get the billy goats out of your religion. Uh, there's no buts. God has said, and I know we can get stubborn in our mind and rebellious in our mind against what God has said because it hasn't worked out in our life. Don't do that. Yield to the Word of God. Yield to the fact that Jesus said, I'll make you free. You'll know the truth, and, and the truth will make you free. If you don't know the truth, you won't be free. Oh, 
Romans 6, 17 says this, but God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you, uh, being then made free from sin. Made free from sin. Doesn't that make you, I mean, I know you're just sitting there quiet, but doesn't that make you want to shout? When God has made you free from sin? Over in Corinthians, he said he's made us righteous. Man, this is, this is so good, we can't believe it. That's your problem. If you, if, <laughs> People say, well, don't you think you sin? I said, if I see it, I quit. Nothing to it, folks. We're made free from sin. The devil has no power over you. Your old nature has no power over you. And the faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. When you believe it, you get it. If you don't believe it, you don't get it. That's the sad part. You just believe it. And, and you don't have to have feelings with this. You read the Word of God. Oh, my, to, to know the freedom that God has given us, uh, that we have, we've, and, and, and let, let me encourage you. Here's what, here's what Paul said. Uh, I love Paul. You know, God took him to heaven to teach him all this, I think, because he, he really got it. Just marvelous uh, how he writes it. And uh, if this doesn't all make sense to you, Get the, get the sixth chapter of Romans on your and then And then don't get up, fold up over in chapter 7 where people say that's the, the struggle of the Christian life. Folks, that is not the struggle of the Christian life. Paul wasn't even converted. In Romans 14, he said he was sold under sin. That's why he was having all this struggle. God sets us free. Do you believe the Word of God? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And then Jesus says, if, if the Son will set you free, you'll be free indeed. You'll really be free. Isn't that? We're almost scared, afraid to say that. Because people, people say, well, Curtis, you're just proud. Proud nothing. God had to kill me. And you too. And the Apostle Paul too. I'm crucified with Christ. Do you believe it? We can't understand it because... That sounds stupid. Here I am standing preaching, and I say I'm dead. Let me give you something. This is just off the track, but why don't those people down in Australia fall off? You know what I'm saying? This ball we live on, they're on the bottom side of it, and they don't fall off. Oh, you say gravity, don't you know that? Yeah, I know that. But how come they're standing up and we're standing up? They're looking up and we're looking up. Can you figure that out? I can't figure that out. That's amazing to me. But, you know, it's been that way ever since we were born. So we'd fly off to, to Australia tonight. We wouldn't worry about landing upside down, would we? It would never enter your mind. Let me tell you, folks, when the Word of God gets into our mind, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. When we see what God has done, then 
we can walk in victory. Not saying you won't have troubles, but it won't be sin. We're set free from sin. And you'll be tempted to sin, but you're set free from sin. You don't need to worry about it. Take Jesus as an example. When he was tempted, he didn't call a big prayer meeting and say, oh, uh, he just quoted the word and went right on, didn't he? People tell me that Jesus wasn't really tempted. Man, the devil took him right up into the temple and showed him the whole world. He was tempted. He was in it. He had those thoughts. And he just quoted the word and went right on. Whew. You can do the same thing. Amen? We can. But we've got to do it. And folks, we've got to rejoice in the Lord always. And, and keep that on the front burner. Rejoicing in the Lord. Thanking God for his salvation. Thanking God that he delivered us from sin. Thanking God that he's delivered us from sickness. Thanking God that he's worked in our lives and he's, and he's always working in our lives. Rejoice in the Lord. Oh. Paul said in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 7, 1 said this, having these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all the filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. It's a cry of my heart, people, that God would perfect holiness in my life, that I would walk holy, joy-filled, peace-filled all the time. And I've had it so good. It's, God's been so good to us. You can, you know, man... When I was 57, they flew me out of Naknek, Alaska, thinking I was dying of a heart attack 300 miles from Anchorage. God brought me through that, brought me through a couple of heart attacks after that, a bunch of other stuff. Got a new hip and pacemaker and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, God's been so good to me. I mean it. It's just marvelous. He's given me a good wife that stays with me all these years. And, and, and that I'm still going is just amazing to me. But listen, let's pray that God would perfect holiness in our life so that your life will just sparkle. You've been washed in the blood. You are clean. I was so disappointed. Uh, we were at a meeting <coughs> Oh, it's a while back now, but we're, it's in our own church down in Katy. And Jewel and I were sitting up front, and, and uh, the lady was teaching, and she was teaching on the blood of Christ. And she said, how many of you feel clean? Don't raise your hands now, because I... <laughs> and uh, from what she said, we were sitting up front, so I didn't see it. But from what she said, hardly anybody other than Jewel and I raised our hands. And it makes me weep, folks. We haven't been taught the Word of God. If the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you, you're clean. Amen? We're clean. We're sparkly clean. And then when we violate, we hurt. We hurt when we, when we mouth off to somebody when we shouldn't. You know, any of these infractions against the body of Christ or against the Lord, 
they hurt us and we're down and we say, oh God, forgive me. And then it takes faith to believe that he does again, doesn't it? But he does. We're clean. Folks, you're clean. The blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed you. You're washed. You're sanctified. I'm talking to those of you who've been born again. If you're not born again, this doesn't apply to you. All this is off track to you. But you can be. You can come today if you're here and have not been born again. And God draws you. God has to draw you. You have to feel a drawing in your heart of some kind. But God will do it. Anyway, just one, one or two more verses. And, 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 and 1 Peter 2.9, you know it so well. You're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. <laughs> are you part of that? Yes, you are. You probably haven't walked in it. You probably haven't thought about it. You probably haven't enjoyed it. But you need to enjoy it. Uh, and he said, to show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. Our mission as a church is to show forth the grace of God and to share the gospel of Christ, that people can come. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter who you are. You can come to Christ, and you'll get the same treatment all the rest of us got. You'll get washed in the blood. You'll get cleaned up so sparkly clean, and, and you can walk in the holiness of God. And there's a lot more to it, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 I love Jude, uh, where, he, where he said, he's able to keep you from falling and present you faultless. Present you faultless before the Lamb of God with exceeding joy. This isn't a sad sack trip, folks. This is joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I urge you, get, take these verses. If, if this sounds a little foreign to you, if it sounds over the top, it's not over the top, folks. This is where real Christianity is. The gospel of God is, is the gospel of God. It's not our gospel. It's God's gospel. It's God that does it. And you've heard people preach uh, and say you've got to die to sin. You've got to die to self. They said even the Apostle Paul says I die daily. When Paul was talking about dying daily, folks, he wasn't talking about this dying. He was talking about really dying. He was talking like our, our evangelists in India. They die daily. They're, they're ready for death every day. That's what he's talking about. And you read it and you'll see that. But he, listen, in, in chapter 6, he said, you're dead. God crucified you. When, you. when Christ was crucified, you were crucified. So you're dead. You're not trying to be dead. You are dead. That's faith. Trying to be dead is trying to be saved. Get it? You're either dead or you're not dead. There's no halfway in between. Get it? It's so real. We are dead and alive in Christ because of God, not because of us, but because of God. Can God do what he says he did? Did he do it to you? Say amen. Yes, hallelujah. He did it to me. Finally, brethren, rejoice in the Lord. I want to encourage you. If you aren't in the habit of doing it, spend time praising God. We're quick to ask God for stuff. I, 
and that's okay. But praise God, and praise God for the simple things. Thank God that I'm saved. Thanks God that I've got a new nature. Thanks God that the Holy Spirit lives in me. Thank God that Jesus Christ lives in me. And do that regularly and, and, and get a little joyful. And, 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 you know, just let it kind of gurgle up inside. It's just, you know, some of us are just so, the world's bad and going to hell and we're just waiting for Jesus to take us out of here. That's a pathetic life, folks. We want a life that's glorifying God and enjoying what God has given us. Amen? And we can do it. If God has touched your heart today on any issue, maybe he just said hallelujah. That's what I believe. Let's, let's, let's just give time for God. And, and if you have any needs in your life, I haven't got anything in my hands, but let's come and pray. If God has touched your heart in any way, Let's just come and, and kneel and pray. Are you, I don't know what you do here, but I know it's good if God has spoken to you about anything. If it's just to make you bubble on the inside, just come and say, thank you, Lord. Should we do that? Let's pray. Father God, oh, the joy of salvation, the joy of your life in us. I just give you praise. And I ask you now, Lord God, that you would minister grace in every heart where you have touched. Lord, I pray that we would break out of any uh, I'm just me stuff and realize that I am a child of God if I've been born of the Spirit. I am walking in the grace of God. I'm walking in the freedom of sin. I'm walking with you, dear Father. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you that you have blessed us. Thank you that you've blessed this congregation. Thank you, Lord, that you've ministered to hearts today. And I ask you, God, help any decisions that have to be made. Lord, move, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody happy? Nobody praying or everybody praying? Let's give God a shout of praise, huh? Can you give him a shout? Hallelujah! A little louder. Hallelujah! Glory! Amen. Let it bubble forth. Amen? God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor. Brother.
Say I need. 